it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Heard at Sports presents The Damon Benning Show with Ravi Lula. Here is Husker 24-7 senior writer, Brian Christofferson. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act. Brian Christofferson. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Brian Christofferson. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that. Here is Brian Christofferson. Uh, I think we're, I mean, we kind of know who we are now. We, you know, the main thing of an offensive identity is you don't want to be hard-headed and say we do a certain thing and you may not have the players to do it. I think that we've kind of just kept searching until we found, you know, how can we develop, how can we uh, gain some production at different spots and we know who those guys are and how to utilize them. And, you know, sometimes that comes through the air. Sometimes that comes through a run. It comes through a, very, you know, a variety of different ways that you can do it. But you know, we do have an identity from a standpoint and we know, you know, who we can lean on and who can produce. Kicking off hour number two here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. That's Anna Bellinghausen. We are joined now by our friend from Husker 24-7, Brian Christofferson. BC, how are you this morning? I'm pretty swell. How are you guys? Oh, we are doing terrific. We are, you know, just enjoying this finally feeling like fall morning, which is nice. Um, I'm rocking the sweater, so I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, shorts with uh, hoodie weather, I think. So it's uh, a Midwestern delight, I think. Yeah, I do think shorts with a hoodie is kind of the unofficial Midwestern uniform. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm ready for the day. Uh, we got a game in two days, so we got to be on the ball a little bit here. So, yeah, it's good. Uh, let, let's start off with the fact that um, Illinois Stadium caught on fire last night. Uh, what do you yeah. know about that situation? Uh, is it... It seems oddly metaphorical for this game, uh, for just you know a dumpster fire to break out. Uh, what what do you know in terms of is this going to impact the the game at all? It, from what I've read, sounds like maybe not. But what do you know? I I know the same thing you do. Yeah, I saw the same statement, and I, that's the latest on it. So it sounds like they were able to to figure it out pretty fast and, and get it stopped, which is good. And so uh, game should be on as usual or otherwise, I would guess, in the next, you know, the, by this morning. But I don't suspect that. So 
um, weird deal, but uh, football's on, it seems like. Brian, we were talking before uh, you came on here about Heinrich Harburg and uh, you know, as I rewatched that game and kind of listened to Coach Satterfield, I think he ended up actually throwing the ball a lot better than I realized in the moment and maybe even a little bit better than uh, his final stats would show. Um, there was kind of a stretch there in the first half. He was actually throwing the ball pretty well. What did you make of his performance? Per- obviously didn't run it the way we'd seen him in previous games, but uh, particularly throwing the ball. Yeah, I think you're right, Rob. Uh- co-worker Schaefer was next to me kind of pumping him up like he's playing pretty well and I was like I don't know you know they had no points on the board at this point <laughs> right I'm thinking I'm like how well can it be going and then you look down and he was um 12 of 17 near the end of the third quarter and um as Sal pointed out he did have that stretch right after the tip and pick where he was like seven of eight for 100 plus yards I thought the nice thing was he got a chemistry on with Billy Kemp a little bit. You mm-hmm. could see where there was some timing that looked like it was on more than the previous weeks. And I know Michigan was really taking a we're not gonna let you run, youngster. I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna have one of those days where you go for a hundred yards on us, uh, and, and just have free a free trail to end. So they they took away that and probably get, gave away a few things in the process because that's how football always works. Nonetheless, he took advantage of that. And um, I think put some stuff on tape where Illinois, who is not the same defense as they were a year ago and is scuffing a bit themselves, is going to have to respect it. And, um, I, you know, I, I thought Rule was genuine when he said, amidst the law, there were things in Heinrich that I, I really did like. And um, I, I think when you go back and watch it, you can see that he, he actually uh, was – control throwing the ball a lot more than I think he's been in any game so far so that is that is good Uh, I mean absolutely and I do want to bring up just the point of Heinrich and just the development and seeing how he's worked with the wide receiver room and Billy Kemp and one that's honestly been depleted your your running back room also being depleted how do you think he's adjusted to that and how have they maybe adjusted that playbook too to make it maybe a little bit easier on him yeah I think that's a really good point because I mean Heinrich is uh, three starts in but he's also trying to do this without um, the guys you thought would be alongside the ride with them I mean it's a very tough deal and yeah, you're the starting QB at the University of Nebraska, all this pressure, and, oh, yeah, we're going to take away your top two running backs. <laughs> we're going to yeah. take away people even for, people even forget that, you know, Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda was going to be part of the four, five-man rotation at wide receiver, if not the top three, and he's out right away. And so, um, yeah, he's he's had to work with limited options. Um, it you would hope that by the end of the season, we start to see a little more Jalen Lloyd, um, maybe a Jaden Dots who is back on the, it sounds like he's back on the practice field now after a, a broken arm. Um, maybe he gets in there for four games at the end. Uh, but really, it's got to happen with the guys he's got. It's got to be Fedoni. It's got to be Billy Kemp. You know, Alex Bullock is going to have to be a guy who pops in. He's a good blocker, but he's going to have to catch two. And um, Marcus Washington is a veteran who I think we saw on the one play to start the second half. He can be uh, really good and a physical guy. Um, he's got to knock a couple drops away. He's had some passes that haven't helped his QB. He had a third down drop. I think it was his first half still of that game um, that they crushed a drive. So 
Um, those guys, um, you know, when Rule said that point, our great players have to be great players. I know there was some eye rolling and like, okay, we're the great players, some in the fan base. But let's just say the best players on Nebraska's rosters, they have to be the, the best guys. They got to be the dudes who step up and they make out of the norm plays. They make mm-hmm. a catch like Roman Wilson made fishing, you know, where it's like, oh, I didn't necessarily expect that when I showed up to the stadium today, but this guy. You know, Fedoni had one that one week where he went up and got the third down. That type of play where you got to see like four or five of them as opposed to just, you know, one of them. I also want to bring up the fact that we did see that chemistry between Heinrich and Billy Kemp. Is it worrisome that that might be the best receiver and the fact that he is a slot receiver and maybe you don't see those big yardage plays? Should Nebraska fans expect that maybe from someone else, like a weapon on the outside? Is is Nebraska going to be able to do that at any point of the year? I I don't know. Um, I I don't I don't mind that Billy's your top weapon um, necessarily because I I think he's he's averted his, uh, that over the years. You just knew he would be kind of. But the thing that is disappointing is we trying to down a pass where they've completed it where the the ball traveled in the air like 30 40 yards a guy caught it on their own you know i don't think we've seen that play yet mm-hmm. <laughs> and um you know they've tried to do it with tommy hill you wonder how much tommy is even gonna his reps were going up at receiver but then you get have the injury to singleton at safety which forces a domino reaction there you know and i think hill's gonna play more defense and so I don't know if he'll be used as much at receiver. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. That's the spot. I think going into the season they were really hopeful with some of the speed guys they, they had that there would be someone who developed that niche. And I may could be a Jalen Lloyd type player who maybe at the end of the year we look at his stat sheet and he's only caught like six or seven passes. But they've been high-volume plays or he's had like a 55-yard touchdown mix in there. That can still happen. This is we're entering the part of the season where Nebraska's got to make hay, and it's got to start hay. And if if they win Friday, and you look at the schedule, there's chance for an October run and get people buzzing a little bit. But um, it would be nice to spring one or two of those plays to keep a defense honest um, and let them know you can do it. We're talking with Brian Christopherson of Husker 24/7 BC. You kind of mentioned. Uh, the Deshaun Singleton injury a little bit there. Obviously, there's the Luke Reimer injury as well. There sounds like maybe you're going to get Cam Lenhart back this week. Um, I guess not just against Michigan, obviously, where you're missing all three of those guys, but what is the impact of especially Deshaun Singleton and and Luke uh, Reimer being out in, I guess, moving forward? Because it sounds like at least for Singleton it's going to be a – multi-week thing yeah i was crushed for singleton because he's a guy who i thought through the first four games of the year was playing as at high a level as anybody on the defense mm-hmm. and he he really just had complete control on that back end it felt like him and omar brown had developed a chemistry right off the bat which isn't easy to do sometimes at the safety spot um where you're working together and you weren't seeing like a lot of plays where they just lost coverage, right? You know, where it was just a, a lot of the guy wide open. They did have a couple they got away with a week or two ago. But that's really tough because he's such a physical safety, too. Like, come and remember the hit he had in the home game two weeks ago where he, a TFL, mm-hmm. he just blows a guy up. He's not afraid to hit. Um, so I think it's a, a lot's going to fall on Phelan Sanford. 
Um, it looks like he could be the guy who starts there. He's a veteran guy who knows the stuff inside and out as much as anybody on this roster. He's also, uh, we can joke about it however you want about it. You, you hear jokes about Jim Rat, whatever. He's more than that. He's a great athlete. He's just a freak. He's a freak athlete. When they do the winter testing stuff, he's like top five or ten athletes. So Phelan Sanford's got some skills, but they have to show up and be a good player. And then, uh, you know, Gifford and those guys are just going to have to play at a really high level. Quinton Newsom is a guy who I think to show he's one of the top corners in the Big Ten. Now you're in that play full, that, you know, the conference play full grind. Go out and shut one down this week. Like take an Isaiah Williams from Illinois out of the game. Um, it's got to be stuff like that from your, your best players being your best players again, like Rule said. BC, in those defensive back spots, you mentioned Phelan Sanford. There's also, um, you know, some guys that maybe we haven't seen a ton of yet in like a Corey Collier or an Ethan Nation. Um, do you expect we might see some more of those guys as well? I know we've started to see more Kobe Bretts. Um, do you think we might yeah. start to see them maybe searching a little bit, or do you think they're going to kind of settle in on Sanford? Uh, I don't think they're going to search too far beyond the guys that we've seen. Um, I think they like Ethan Nation, by the way. Um, but I don't know if he might be a four-game guy who um, plays some special teams. I think he's sort of on that. This is not a bad place to be as a first-year freshman, by the way, to mm-hmm. be like on the fringe of like the two deep. That's a pretty good spot. That means you're you're tracking right. But I think that's where Ethan Nation is. The guy who could pop up is deandre barnes but i still think there's a little room to grow there he's the backup uh rover now he's kind of being what sanford was when sanford moved over to be singleton so he would be one to watch but other than that i think it's the guys you've got and and let's be honest rotate 20 plus players on defense so there's still a lot of guys even with a couple out that have played a lot of snaps and Mm -hmm. so i think they're going into this game believing hey everybody's who's going to be out there friday night They've played a lot of football on this team, and they've played it at at good levels at times. So let's just con- that. Let's go with confidence. And uh, and Sanford is a guy who is he's a veteran. He's he's been around, and he he knows his stuff. He'll I I think he's the the type of player. If you're in a pickle like this, you kind of want to have on your side. Brian, I want to bring up one of the points that Matt Rule said that I think stuck out to the entire state of Nebraska, and saying that you'll find out about this team on Friday. Yeah. What did you take from that in what he meant, and was it the right move to say that? You're kind of putting a lot of a lot of eggs in one basket. <laughs> no, I got you. I, I like it myself, but yeah, it is a it's a big um, like better you better hit the over the bar, you know, on this. But I think it was a challenge to his team. Now, you know, I'm sure it sounded like that message was delivered first off right away in the locker room because guys in the post game who came up following rules sort of were already aware whenever the question ask you tell it had already been brought up uh to them um so i i just think it's like hey let let this isn't acceptable what was out there saturday yeah michigan's a great football team but it it should never be at the university of nebraska i think is the main point where it's 14 nothing seven minutes into a game and the entire stadium feels like uh what am i doing here you know Mm -hmm. and that's how it was on saturday it just then we can't spin it any other way like you you knew and i knew and they knew was the biggest problem that after the hard pick and the touchdown that followed, okay, what's the score on this going to be? You know, like can Nebraska avoid a shutout? You started to think by the middle second quarter. It's stuff like that where you got to immediately, I think, change your 
uh, teams tune and be like, Friday. We got a game on Friday. And by the way, it's the biggest game. To me, the game has always been one of the biggest games on Nebraska's schedule. And I know we were so trained through our years of Husker football watching to think like, oh, it's the Michigan game or it's this game. Right now for this program, it's Illinois, it's Northwestern, it's Purdue. It's a stretch of games that's coming up where Nebraska has to get on the right side of the scoreboard for that progress toward winning six games being a postseason team. So I think um, I, I like the challenge to his team, but you are right in how you frame that question because <laughs> let's say it's a 5-17 loss or something like that um, Friday night. Of course, there's going to be a lot of spin back. And, right. Uh, well, what about the comment last week? Yeah. So, Sometimes you got to do that to your 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 squad, and and you, they continue that message on Sunday. It's like, hey, put the pads on. It's a full practice, full on. Let's go, you know, sort of deal. So I think you saw that the tone like that was going to be throughout this week. We saw it like within ten minutes after the game. BC looking to Friday and Illinois, kind of in a more specific way. Um, that's obviously an Illinois team that has really struggled at times this year. Uh, barely beat Toledo, really struggled against Kansas, uh, obviously got beat kind of in the similar manner against Penn State that Nebraska did to uh, to Michigan. What are you expecting to see from them in a team that's gone from the best defense in the country last year to the worst defense in the conference this year? I guess where is your head at as you try and figure out what, what Illinois is going to look like? Um, they're, they're searching much. So their offensive coordinators already taken his share of heat. Um, if they don't have a ton of weapons themselves, I William a dangerous player, but their running back situation, sort of like Nebraska's there, these teams could look in the mirror. Maybe it's, <laughs> it's the old Spider-Man meme or whatever. But, um, they don't have a lot of, um, I think Reggie love, who is a name Nebraska fans know about. I think he's been dinged up. Altmeyer is a dual threat QB, so you have to respect that a little bit. They're giving up four sacks a game, though. And so th- that's an area where Nebraska's got to get right. You know, like, and in, in Tony White was asked about it the other day. The Huskers had 14 sacks. I think the first three weeks were right up there in the top 10 or something. And yes, it's sometimes style play you're dealing with on the other offensive side and getting the ball out quick. But Nebraska just hasn't put heat on QBs. And you heard. Tony White say some of that's on him. Like, I got to be more aggressive. I got to trust these guys uh, to get home in those situations. So that could be an interesting dynamic if they if they dial up a few more things there. They need to get heat on them. The turnover margin will be, of course, as it always is, but both teams are minus six, like, mm. going in. They have the, they're both at the bottom of the barrel there. Uh, so it is very much a game of two teams who have had a similar, I think, first month. Um, I don't know who inside their walls is actually feeling better about themselves than the other side. I don't know if anybody is, but the, <laughs> this this is a type of game where, um, yeah, you need to jump out and grab a lead right away, have some confidence, have that first possession that looks good off the script, and and put a little heat on a team that uh, is doubting themselves on the other side too. Uh, BC, I, I'm glad you brought up Tony White and kind of some of his comments because it sounded like. He was saying yesterday that, um, as you mentioned, he needed to kind of do better. It, we had talked a lot about 
um, you know, guys playing to not lose or playing not to make a mistake versus to actually make a winning play. Did it kind of feel like to you the way that Tony White was maybe a little bit more conservative on some of his pressures that he was almost falling in that same camp too? He sort of alluded to that, I thought, yesterday. It sounded like he kind of thought that, yeah. And also, I mean, that's just – I think that's a a coach – we don't actually see it actually, but I'd appreciate when coaches just say, if we're going to start with the critique, start with me. You know, that's Mm -hmm. always the best way to do it. And, um, you know, they were getting a lot of of love. There was a lot of sunshine in that going into that game. I honestly thought that they were – probably in a better position as a defense to attack Michigan. Not like they're going to dominate them or anything like that, but I thought they would make Michigan sweat and really work for it, and obviously that didn't happen. So I was a little surprised by that. But you got to take your medicine. you got also, I think, got to make those guys believe, hey, you still are a really good defense. And you saw some of that going back to rules comments again, like, hey, you're a defensive football team. Take that, wear that badge, and uh, own that because um, you can be the group that leads us. We're going to trust you to team and play field position and all that stuff so um but yeah white's comments were interesting and i do i am curious what that means as far as pressures and who that involves and all that stuff i think prince will is a young guy to watch this week he's been coming on and i think his role could be a little bit bigger at that jack spot so if you're looking for freshman guys that give you a little hope and a little bounce uh prince will would be one of them perhaps uh bc real quick uh on that is it too linear to say, hey, Cam Lenhart's been out for two games, they haven't got a sack in two games? Like, How much does that correlate with Tony White talking about how they need to get pressure with four guys? How much easier is that when Cam Lenhart's yeah. one of those four guys? Well, I think it's definitely easier. I mean, even though he's such a young player, we saw in that Colorado game what a problem he can be. And I know Colorado's O-line has, has struggled itself in past pro at times. But, um, I mean, that sack out of Shadur Sanders when it was just, like, grabbed him by the jersey. It was, <laughs> it was I mean, that was like a like a next-level play. guy who's 18 years old. So, um, everybody has said since he got here, he's older than his years. Um, he, he acts like it. He plays like it. And so, he's hopefully for Nebraska that guy who um, gives the offensive line and the offense one other thing to think about. And maybe that helps someone else get home, too. Like, maybe he causes a problem, and it's got to be teamwork. It's got to be three or four guys collapsing that thing. And you definitely got to keep on an eye on this QB because he can get loose and run for 15 yards and move the chains on you that way, and that can burn you just as much. So this will be an interesting test with the QB they're going against. He's not a great player. Uh, but he can be good enough to give you a headache if you're if you're not on your P's and Q's. Brian, I want to pose this question. Which phase of Nebraska needs to be the best, whether that's offense, defense, or special teams, for Husker fans to be satisfied, regardless of score? I think a win is ideal, obviously, in everyone's mind, and it probably will feel like a failure if it's not a win. Yeah. But which phase of the game needs to be the best for Nebraska? I like how you asked that question because you posed it from to satisfy the fans. And I think to that particular question, it's actually offense. Like, I feel like they need this is a fan base that needs to see something there where it's like, oh, that I see it. That looks like it can be something that carries over that that's uh, portable into 
after the bye week, you know, some of that stuff. Maybe the QB situation sort of has to find an answer this Friday. Like, let's say Harburg does start, and they goes in there and he looks really good and they win the game. Are you going to make a change after that? I don't know. It's like pretty tough to do. So some of these things that have sort of just swirled in the wind, I think you could put to bed by just a solid performance where you don't turn the ball over, you get the running game going. Anthony Grant, for whatever the ups and downs of his career have been, he's got to be just big the next weeks. Like he's got to be that guy who has ball security and he makes a couple plays. He's good on third down and his pass pro stuff. Um, everybody, um, you, you know, you, you earlier was asked about like the weapons or like the four or five guys on this team. Anthony Grant should have been the like top of the list. He's got to be good. And, um, you know, beyond that, can Fleeks give him something? You know, there's these little wild cards that got to pop up and be useful. Jay Lloyd suddenly like, oh, he made a 32-yard play, you know, and it gets everybody buzzing on Twitter. That sort of stuff has to happen, I think, to get some of these wins in October. Ryan Christopherson, Husker 24-7. We appreciate your time as always. We'll talk to you next week, BC. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me, guys. That is our friend Brian Christopherson from Husker 24-7. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Kevin Suits from 1011 News in Lincoln here on Herd at Sports Radio.